Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Acts 17. Have you ever wanted to travel to Greece, uh, to walk the streets of Athens, to go up and down the Grecian coast and marvel at the beauty of its creation? Maybe some of you have. Maybe you've been able to take that trip and and see the history and see the sights. But if you haven't, you're in luck because we're going to Greece today on Revival from the Bible in Acts 17. And we're going to visit three cities while we are there. And in each one, we're going to learn a different lesson. So let's start in the city of Thessalonica. So remember for review here, Most of the last chapter, they were in the city of Philippi, and Paul has now entered Europe for the first time. And the Lydia is converted, Paul is put in prison, and the jailer is converted. Um, And now he's continuing on this journey, and he comes to Thessalonica. And if Thessalonica sounds familiar, that's because Paul would then write two letters to this church, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. And it seems that this church was responsive because we see those um, letters offering a lot of encouragement to these young churches. But we also see that encouragement uh, being formed against the backdrop of persecution, which we also see. Now, As we read the story of Paul, we'll notice he's encountering a lot of persecution, but the source of that can vary. But one of the main sources, especially in this chapter, is the Jews. And that's what we see here as as many people are turning to Christ. Um, And that because that's what he is saying. This Jesus who I proclaim to you is the Christ and people are persuaded. And then in verse five, it says, but the Jews were jealous. And taking some of the men of the rabble, they formed a mob, set the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out to the crowd. So really, there's two things I want us to see here in the part to Thessalonica. And the first is, notice how sinister jealousy is. I mean, sure, we're going to see Paul experience some opposition from the the pagan culture, but here the opposition is from the Jews and the text tells us what their motive was and their motive was jealousy. Now, you may not feel like, yeah, I'm going to throw my whole city in an uproar and try to, you know, drag someone out in front of a crowd today because I'm jealous. Uh, Maybe you're not thinking that's what you'll do today. But here's the thing. There probably are ways you'll be tempted to feel jealous of somebody else today. And look at how sinister the fruit of jealousy can be. You might be jealous of someone else's abilities, jealous jealous of someone else's life situation, jealous of someone else's possessions. And even this can be a real danger in ministry, jealous of someone else's ministry position or the effect and the popularity or whatever it may be that their ministry may have. 
Guard your heart against jealousy as you see the bitter fruit of jealousy here in the city of Thessalonica. Uh, the other thing I want us to notice is look at the accusation that is made when they, jag, when they drag Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities. It says, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. So again, false accusation um, because they're starting to say they're acting against the decrees of Caesar and and all these other things when that's not what the the church was trying to do. They were saying there was another King Jesus, but that wasn't saying they were trying to overthrow the government as they're trying to paint it. But I love that phrase. They've, They've turned the world upside down. And this is one of my favorite moments in the whole book of Acts. Because if we go back to chapter one, we see it was 120 people in a room together. And what were they doing? They were praying. And now it's gone from that to now they're in a different continent being accused of turning the world upside down. Look at what has happened in Acts. This group of people committed to prayer filled with the Holy Spirit and bold in proclaiming the gospel, they've turned the world upside down. And I hope that actually even just fills us with some optimism and some strength today in our ministries that we pray to the same God, we have the same spirit, and we declare the same gospel. And even though you might be looking out and saying, man, it feels like the world is being turned upside down in a bad way, where right is now wrong and bad is now good. No, let's be committed to prayer. Let's be committed to the spirit and let's be bold in proclaiming the gospel and trust that God will work through that. And I hope The book of Acts is really encouraging you in that reality and stoking your faith in that way. Well, let's continue our journey in Greece and we'll go from the city of Thessalonica now to Berea because they send Paul and Silas away in the midst of all this persecution to Berea. And they come to the Jewish synagogue there. And you've probably heard this before because I don't know what the percentage is, but a lot of churches in the United States of America have a Sunday school class called the Bereans. Why? Because they, it says these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. And that is a good example of the Bereans. They're open, but what what they're doing is, okay, you're telling us something. We're going to search the scriptures to see whether or not this is true. And that's a good example for all of us. We should all seek to be, well, Bereans. Uh, As we, uh, when we hear things, we say, okay, I want to look at the Bible and confirm that. I would say even as you go to church on a Sunday, hopefully you're at a church where the pastors are committed to teaching God's word and they're showing you um, where they're getting what they're saying from God's word. But I hope that you are there with an open copy of God's word, looking at it for yourself to confirm what you are being told. This is the example of uh, the Bereans. And now finally, we are going to come to the city of Athens. 
Uh, And we come to Athens, it seems Paul is here on his own, that he's been sent away again because persecution and stirring up the crowd. So they've kind of sent him away out of the hot zone for now. And he's waiting to reconnect with Silas, with Timothy. So he's on his own in Athens. And what is he doing there? Well, he's going to the synagogue and reasoning with the Jews. And he's going to the marketplace. And it seems that people were were there to, to reason together and talk about things together. So he's going there to talk to people about the gospel. And he's proclaiming Jesus in these conversations. Um, And he was talking about the resurrection. So then they invite him to this place uh, of the Areopagus, where they discuss these things even more. And then we see this sermon that Paul gives here to the Areopagus. And you'll note, again, like we've saw seeing this isn't to a Jewish audience, so he's emphasizing some different things, but some of the key facts of the gospel we will still see. For instance, we see even the creation of God and the holiness of God. That's where he starts, the God who made the world and everything in it. And then we see the authority of God being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. That gives us really in some way that that's a description of the holiness of God. He is set apart, not with human temples, not served with human hands. He doesn't need anything. He is set apart and he is holy. And he has uh, set up the world. And he even quotes some of their own poets to, to try to get them to think about the things that he is saying. And then we see another word that hopefully we've seen now in John the Baptist, in Jesus and the apostles. He is preaching repentance. He He's offering forgiveness. Um, the, these times of ignorance God has overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. That's how we gain the forgiveness of God is through turning from our sins. And then we see the idea that there is a judge that is coming. Uh, and it's this man whom he has appointed who he raised from the dead. So there even he highlights, hey, Jesus, this risen Christ, He is the judge, and that's why you need to repent. So here, even highlighting Jesus as the judge is central to the gospel proclamation. Is that something you ever emphasize in your proclamation of the gospel, that Jesus is the judge, therefore people need to repent? Um, And then we see that there's a, a mixture of response to this message. But there, we took a little tour of Greece today, Thessalonica, Berea, Athens. And we see in Thessalonica the warning against jealousy. I think the the optimism that we should have as we are committed to the same spirit, the same gospel, and devoting ourselves like the early church to prayer, that we should be uh, Bible reading, Bible searching Christians like the Bereans, and we should seek to engage the culture around us to point them to Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Savior, the one who God has raised from the dead and calling people to repentance. And I hope as we do these things, we will see God turn the world upside down. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.